welcome to That's What She Pled with attorneys Christina Goldberg and Julie Lurson from Lurson Goldberg LLC, law powered by women. It's time to shake up the old standards of law and of business. Join these two witty, intelligent, and sassy female business owners who are taking their industry by storm, challenging stereotypes, and shattering ceilings. These two are on a mission to educate, empower, and support not only their own clients, but other powerhouse female entrepreneurs. Come for a laugh and stay for the vibe as Julie and Christina hold nothing back and share the truth of what it is to be female attorneys and business owners through discussion of current events, original stories, and inspiring guests. Now, on to the show. Well, welcome everyone. As Christy would say, happy Tuesday. And I'll say it too, happy Tuesday. This is Julie Larson, and today I'm start kicking things off while Christy, you know, cheers I'm sitting me back. on. That's yeah. right. Yeah. It's your turn. We are back with our very own Neil Lyons by popular demand. He's back. Um, and we are returning to a theme that we, we just got underway in which we invoke pop culture and try to weave that into fascinating details of the law. So I'm calling this our popular blog posts that we've morphed into popular podcasts where we talk about all things pop culture. It's very important that I pronounce my P's with (laughs) emphasis. Anyway, puntastic. I think if you listen or or a loyal listener, you'll remember that in episode eight, we had Neil on and we talked about all kinds of things, including the whole Britney Spears. That was sort of maybe the, the impetus and the the birth of our pop culture invocation. Mm -hmm. Um, I want to talk about another pop icon this time, and that's Taylor Swift, who's currently on tour and by all accounts puts on quite a show. Anyway, she has a current top 40 hit. It's the anti-hero song. I'm not going to try to sing it because, yeah. Neil, do you want to sing it? Do it. I don't really know the song that well because I, you know, as you know, it's not the kind of really, it's not really the kind of music I listen to. But I will tell you this. Britney Spears and I have something kind of in common, right? So it was sort of one of those things from one of her old songs. I can't remember what it was called, but it was it was almost like she wasn't the popular girl, but the cheer captain was the popular girl. And, you know, I think I had this crush on the uh the cheerleading captain in high school and she was definitely in short skirts and i wore t-shirts uh she was cheer captain and i most certainly was in the bleachers so it was one of those things those it definitely reminisced it definitely uh resonated with me so you're talking um, about taylor swift though not britney right you said Brittany. yes this well this is this is no taylor yeah you right? did say britney you said britney it's really well, either way i don't listen to either of their songs yeah right okay well, we're going to make you. But I do know the lyrics, but I do know the lyrics. Okay. Well, right. Okay. Because, because you've actually written a blog about this, as I recall. I think it recently hit the airways. I sure did. I think I, I sure did. Yeah. I sure anyway, did. Anyway, there, there is a part of the anti-hero song in which she sings about how, well, I'm just going to read, read the actual lyrics. I have this dream. My daughter-in-law kills me for the money. She thinks I left them in the will. The family gathers round and reads it. And then someone screams out, she's laughing at us up from hell. <laughs> anyway, that ties into the kind of stuff Neil does, right, Neil? That's right. That's right. That's right. I, well, no, I, I mean, I don't. 
sort yes, of. As far as as far as wills are concerned, but I don't have anybody kill anybody for okay. the money. That that so, is I do not do that. Right. Uh, but yes, it is what I do. Absolutely. Well, and I would probably so, counsel people on that situation too. Sure. If they ever asked, right? No, legal disclaimer. Ask, very interesting. Right. right. Legal disclaimer. Right. We're not promoting murder. No, no, we're not because we're we're invoking the Florida's Slayer statute, right. um, which pretty much I'm sure every state has one of these, and which basically says, yeah, if you murder someone, if your daughter-in-law murders you, even if she was mentioned in your will, she'd be out of luck, right? That's 100% correct. That's right. Florida Slayer statute is actually, it's called, uh, it's under Florida statute 732.802, in case anybody is wondering where to find it. It says it's basically killer not entitled to receive property or other benefits by reason of victim's death. So if you essentially it says if you are the procurer or you somehow came, you're responsible for, for the victim's death under an unlawful or intentional killing or the participation in procuring the unlawful or intentional killing of the victim. And you happen to be a beneficiary of that person's will. You can't life take- insurance. Life insurance, if you are have a joint ownership in, in a house or bank accounts or anything like that, or any other kind of contractual arrangement, you're not going to get what you're looking to get. Right, mm-hmm. right. And if you happen to be married to this person that you're contemplating killing, I'm going to encourage you to, to consider just getting a divorce, right? Where you can yes, divide up the property. <laughs> Who among us has there not are... contemplated? Never mind. <laughs> I, I don't go I, there, Christy. I, <laughs> We're recording <Withdrawn>. <laughs> uh, But, you know, there was there's a really, really awful, awful case that just happened earlier this year. I believe the this couple lived in Massachusetts. The wife had, whatever her career was, it, she, she really worked out of D.C. And on New Year's Day, she disappeared, ostensibly because she got called back to work on some kind of emergency. But after she was missing for a few days, people started to get a little suspicious. And one thing led to another. And shockingly, the husband was one of the primary suspects. And as things unfolded, just the details that came out, just horrible. For example, he grabbed his son's iPad. I think his son was like under 10. And he starts Googling these provocative questions like, how long before a body starts to smell? How to stop a body from decomposing? 10 ways to dispose of a dead body if you really need to. There was some video footage of him at the Home Depot, in which he's all like cam- camouflaged up and he's shopping for cleaning supplies. I mean, the details just kept trickling out and it just got more and more gruesome. So I think he's currently, I don't think he's been convicted yet. So he's still presumed innocent, but it's, I, would, I would venture to say it's not looking so great for Mr. Brian Walsh. Yeah. So I think you did cap that off with an allegedly, which is probably the best way that we as attorneys know how to do these things since, since he hasn't either A, pled guilty, nolo contendere, or been found guilty of any of this, but allegedly I have no idea why in the world he would leave a breadcrumb trail like this. I mean, like for starters, I mean, this is obviously a tragedy. You know, this is somebody's mother that was was murdered and and it's obviously a tragedy. But I just cannot get over the fact that this person would would (laughs) just say leave a breadcrumb breadcrumb trail all leading to himself about 
about how how long it before a body starts to smell. Well, why in the world would anybody be doing that, right? Maybe I mean maybe there's an innocent explanation for it. I'm not a criminal defense attorney. Maybe the son was looking some things up because he heard about it in science class. But yeah, you know, sure. in in law, con- coincidences are quite rare, especially mm-hmm. in what we do. So yeah. it, yeah, I just uh, right. Well, in the Slayer yeah. statute, this is, I'm right, Neil, that this is, it actually requires a, an actual final judgment of murder. I mean, it, it actually requires not just the accusation. There is a caveat, well, though, where I think if for some reason the person isn't convicted of the murder, obviously in a criminal case, the standard of proof is beyond a reasonable doubt. A court can still invoke the consequences of the Slayer statute if by greater weight of the evidence they feel as if this person is responsible for an unlawful or intentional killing. So, and that's an extremely like, low bar. Like directed verdict? Are you talking in a civil case? I actually, I actually don't know in, in this capacity. Most likely, it's going to be the probate court making this this type of a term determination ah. uh, whether or not the person's entitled to receive, uh, or, or unless it's been shifted over to the civil court. I mean, the statute does say a final judgment and conviction of murder in any degree is conclusive for purposes of this section. So obviously the conviction is going to hit. But in the absence of a conviction, as Julie was just saying, you're talking about a court determining whether or not there's a greater weight of the evidence, whether or not the the unlawful killing for intentional purposes was committed by the person they think committed it. So in greater weight of the evidence, if memory serves, that's preponderance. That's just 50% plus a feather. feather. That's not much. That's really not a high threshold. And that's the the probate court can do that? Well, in terms of losing your, your benefits, yeah. I mean, I guess the law probably just is as if that person predeceased the, right. the decedent and therefore whatever secondary, what the, the alternative beneficiaries or what have you are the right. ones who ultimately- Well, I out. suppose my question was more because typically when you've got <clears throat> a case like this, almost always you see a, a, a civil action- in mm-hmm. conjunction with the criminal, the state bringing the criminal action. It's actually, it's surprising to me that 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 a lot of people don't understand that there's a criminal action, a, a, a human being, a person cannot bring a criminal action, it's a state. But there's typically the human, the human aspect, the civil aspect is brought kind of in conjunction with the criminal. And so question being, are we talking like in a civil court, if that, if that adjudication is, is made, or if really the probate judge, the probate court can say, <laughs> When we've got I everybody think, fighting yeah. over where the where the the assets go, yeah, I think I think that's exactly what would happen, and there would be a challenge basically to the the quote unquote killer's right to take by mm-hmm. a, a beneficiary who otherwise would be eligible to take. So if if it's let's just say in this particular example, you have two two adult children, and you have a mother and a father, and the father happens to kill the mother, those two adult beneficiaries who would likely take under the mom's will if the father hadn't done what he did, they would be the ones bringing that challenge. They, they would say, listen, he's not an eligible beneficiary because of X, Y, Z. Here's what we're going to do. We're going to say that he is not eligible to take because there is sufficient evidence to prove that he procured or he was the reason why this person was, our mother was unlawfully killed, mm-hmm. essentially. And that's how it would be done. Mm-hmm. And that can be done either in the probate context. You'd have to obviously notify the probate court that it's an adversarial proceeding, or they could actually just shift it over to the civil side. Yeah. Well, for instance, maybe there's some contractual beneficiaries. It would be interesting to see if the person gets off exactly what would happen um, mm-hmm. if, if someone's trying to challenge mm-hmm. them. I mean, you can't, uh, different, that's exactly what happened in the OJ situation. Again, OJ wasn't trying to 
to inherit anything from Nicole Brown since he wasn't eligible. But, you know, they had plenty of evidence civilly that he right. pro- that he wrongfully killed or, or was responsible for the wrongful death of Nicole Brown and, and Ron Goldman. So that's mm-hmm. that's that's kind of probably what might happen in this particular case. Right. It's kind of a similar patterning. Yeah. Just the I was cause just of thinking would be different. Yeah. I was just thinking like to do a case study or kind of see how far that's that's gone. Or even if that if that type of determination has been made in a probate court, seeing how far how many times that's been appealed or how far that's gone as well. Because that would be that would be interesting. Just just sheer curiosity. Well, when we do our next podcast, I'll give you all an update on that. We will because, have prepared. Uh, <laughs> OK. Let's do that. Well, no, I'm I did. Now. I did ask. I did ask somebody who's been involved in numerous probates and a, a probate litigator Have that they I know. Encountered she, this? They, she has not. No. No. no she has yeah, not. I, she's I not really aware of anybody that rare. has either. It yeah. is right. It's quite rare. But right. the statute's there for a reason, right? So well, obviously, this is someone tried to do this at some point in time. Uh huh. Someone tried yeah. to do this. They tried to yeah. collect while they were in prison. I'm sure. Yeah. Well, and I'm but, sure, and living and the life. With, it's interesting this the slayer well not not interesting. This is awfully morbid conversation, but it still really is. it is interesting. What, it is what interesting. We do, you know, well, what we do. like like with life insurance policies, you can you can direct the beneficiary and you can stay out of probate and but the life insurance policy, it's a it's a contractual agreement. So it actually says what you what under what circumstances it'll pay and not. Obviously the statute takes precedence here, but the statute has to do with the killing of another. <laughs> And That's right. life insurance policies, some of them actually say, for instance, suicide, they, we don't pay on suicide. Other ones don't. So maybe have, rather yeah, than waiting period, maybe rather than Googling how long before a body starts to smell. We should Google. Oh, that's, <laughs> curious minds want to know what you're thinking, Christy. <laughs> if I unlawfully kill somebody, am I going to collect Let's not go there. amazing Hartford <laughs> Uh, life insurance policy that I'm due at least a cool mill on. I'm going to go ahead and say, no, you're not going to be able to do that. I'll, you can Google me. I'll solve that mystery right here. The answer is no, you're not <laughs> going to be able to collect that. Just because it says right here. It, it says right here, actually in the statute, life insurance policies included in there. So they actually cut it off. Even if the and, heart, any contractual were, benef- benefit. Yes, yeah. that's right. Even so. if the Hartford or whatever life insurance company it might be, that's not a plug that just happened to come to my mind. I don't endorse any of those companies. Well, I mean, even if they wanted to, they couldn't do it. You know, I'm back to like, if, if it's your husband or your, your spouse, why don't just get a divorce. <sighs> well, that's always a good murder. conversation. You know, that's always a good conversation to have. Why do you want to get a divorce? Now, uh, I imagine that the reasoning is not going to be something like, let's see, irreconcilable differences, although that's what you should put. Maybe you could actually say, why do you want to get a divorce? Because I'm going to kill him right. if you do not grant this period. So that I don't kill my spouse. I, I, I think that's irreconcilable honest. differences. It's just yeah. there's a there's a spectrum. Well, you know, like Murray from Clueless, sometimes you just have to keep it real. And you know, <laughs> oh my god, I love that movie. You know, I've sometimes you just got to keep it real. That's it. You know, well, I'm going to kill my spouse if we don't get divorced. There you go. There you go. <laughs> let's let's keep moving. We'll ask Laura about that when we have her on next. Yeah, right. I really want to hear what she says about that. Pop culture. Oh gosh, we have to have both of you on at the same time at some point and just see where conversation takes us in a circle. Oh, that's scary. Isn't it? Mm-hmm. What Let's else? Let's talk about some other pop culture icons and things like that and weave in 
the importance of estate planning or failing to, and so on and so forth. Mm -hmm. Who should we start with, Neil? I am fascinated by the Prince situation because I can't believe he didn't have a will. I mean, Prince. He was very I mean, anybody who grew up. Yeah, I mean, he was. Well, yeah, I know, and of which is surprises me. Right. Which surprises me why he wouldn't have a will or at least a trust or something, some sort of a of an ownership interest, whatever. Maybe it's just not something he thought about. I mean, anybody that knows Prince, I mean, the guy was like, like galactic in the eighties. Creative I mean, genius. Massive. Mm-hmm. But did the you know, artist know. formerly known as Prince have a will? Neither of them. Not, did. not that I know. Not neither. Neither personality had had a will, from what I understand. <laughs> Maybe the no. fentanyl was a problem too. Clouded Poor his guy. judgment. Yeah. Well, it did, it, well, I mean, it killed. Is that what killed him? Yeah, he died well, of it was fentanyl a overdose. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. In terms of getting his affairs taken care of. Gotcha. Okay. But yeah, so he died well, without a yeah. will. That's right. And he wasn't. He, he wasn't will. married. He didn't have kids. He had a number of half siblings, I believe. That's right. And I'm, I'm not even. I, it took, as I recall, it took quite some time for his estate to get resolved. And it wasn't there so were, much, yeah, because these half siblings were necessarily fighting. It was. No. There were other people saying that they were related to him. There were other people trying to claim. Um, there were some people trying to relation. claim that he was he was their father. Uh, I think one one young man from Colorado, I think, tried to claim that he was Prince's son, which would have meant that he was going to get everything mm-hmm. right, if he was right. his son. And I mean, look, you know, and if you're a lawyer and you're sitting here listening to this, a probate litigator, and you say, okay, who do you think is your dad? Prince. Okay. You think Prince is your dad? It's probably worth that attorneys. I mean, like, can you explain to me why you think that way? Well, A, B, C, D, E, F, G, here are all, all the reasons why. That attorney's like, hey, why not? Let's give it a try. Yeah. yeah. Because uh, I'm going to go ahead and take this on contingency, maybe. Mm-hmm. And what's 33% of $156 million? I mean, <laughs> that's a bit. That's a bit. So why not? You know, yeah. give it a shot. Yeah, I mean, they the, swung and missed on that one. The The real issue, though, or the one of the reasons it took so long was to try to come up with a value for his estate. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's, you know, that's an excellent his, point, too. Mm-hmm. Beneficiaries and the IRS were wrangling over... Because he had a lot of intangible intellectual property rights, music. I mean, he was prolific, obviously. That's a good you know, point. Just how do you value that, right? Yeah. And if there's not liquid cash, do you put liens on future royalties coming in to people that are entitled to them? That's a really good point. How do you work that out? Mm-hmm. And so, I mean, the, the the takeaway is if you're rich, you're uber rich, you're uber wealthy like Prince. I mean, there's so many important reasons to, to do estate planning. I think when he died, the estate tax exemption was was a lot, but in the in the scheme of things, it's over twelve million today. Is that right, Neil? That's right. It's about twelve million. That's that's the lifetime exclusion amount that you could gift during your lifetime lifetime before you start actually having to pay money on the on the gifts that you're actually giving. And if you're if you're married you actually can stack that. You can stack that. You can actually double it and put it about 26 million, give or take. If you have more than one wife, can you triple it? I don't think that that qualifies. Not yet, at least. That may be coming, but not that I know of. I don't believe multi-person marriage is is a valid reason. I mean, look, let's just be honest. If you've got that problem, it's what I like to call a great problem to have. It's a problem I too hope to have one day. So, you know, here's hoping. Wait. 
Okay. Two wives or more money than I? I'm hoping it's oh, the know, money and not the wives. <laughs> no, you know better than that to say, to wonder whether or not which one of those I'm in. Of course, the I money. hope Mary's but... not listening. I know. I was curious about that, and thought, gosh, she knows. She knows me way better than I know. Like, there's no way. Right. There's no way. Could you imagine? <laughs> I'm the only male in an all male on an all female law firm, and I would go home to two spouses. Now that I know, but you have two boys. That's so a book right there. to be fair, Mary's the only female in your house. Exactly. That's very true. And she's you're well outnumbered. Dog? Yeah. That's not true. You have a boy dog too. Yeah. He's a man. Anyway. Yeah. So yeah, no, you She's can't, you could, you could stack if you want to, if you can stack, you can port it's portability that the spouse's exemption, well, right? But that's you know, complicated. The real reason planning. I ask is if I own three cars, I can stack my uninsured motorist coverage. Now we're talking. I can triple it. Just yeah, stack it. It, it, it doesn't work with wives or husbands. It's smart Maybe to be stacked. Utah. Yes, that's one of Christie's purposes. <laughs> anyway, the importance if you're if you're wealthy and you have a lot of money, if you have more than twelve million dollars for sure. I think back when Prince died, though, it was like five and a half million or something like that. Sitting down with an estate planning attorney can avoid having to pay Uncle Sam by you know, different strategic things you can set up with respect That's to all actually... these assets you own. Excuse me. Yes, you. Thanks so much for listening to That's What She Pled. We hope you're enjoying it so far. If you have any questions or would like to talk more about this topic, you can find us at lawpoweredbywomen.com. And all of our social media platforms are listed in the show notes. That's 100% correct, too. And I actually like doing that with a CPA who also is an expert. You know, that would be a, a, a meeting that does done in conjunction with a CPA who's also an expert in, in post-death tax planning yes. for, for estate yes. tax purposes. I mean, that really is valuable uh, mm-hmm. right there because there's a lot of things you can miss. There's there's exclusions that you're allowed to, you know, there's 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 all kinds of th- strategies out there. And there's nothing like a CPA at the at the at the ready to, to, to walk everybody through that. Finding that. Yeah. Right. So one of the things, Neil, that we try to, I think one of our, actually one of our billboards locally is basically if you don't plan it, the government will, or the, right. the, your local, your laws will with in this particular case, if, if Prince were a Floridian when he died and his property was in Florida, what would happen? He died without a will. What would we be looking at? We're looking at an intestate, looking at an intestate procedure, and the other problem is who is actually going to be in charge of it. Who would be the, as we call it here, personal representative? Mm-hmm. In other states, they call them. A lot of people know them as executors. In Florida, they call them personal representatives. That would be really. There's going to be a fight over the personal representative because they're entitled to a fee for for managing for for administering that estate, and then mm-hmm. of course the attorneys for that personal representative are going to you know be entitled to a little to a little money as well. The problem with not having a will is someone is going to have to step forward to to be personal representative. And who is that going to be? And there could be a huge imagine a huge fight over being personal representative. Who's going to be in charge of all this? Who's going to be in charge of making sure this stuff gets to where it's supposed to go? So that would be job. one part of the Oh, it is mm-hmm. a full time job, especially mm-hmm. within a state like this. Mm-hmm. This is this estate is bigger than multiple corporations. The value of this is bigger than multiple corporations. So you are running a $150 million business for a certain amount of time, basically. Mm-hmm. And, and and not just anybody can do that. 
So that's, so that's the other thing. I think that's what makes this this topic kind of, it, it, I mean, not to like pat ourselves on the back, but pop icons and estate planning are actually an interesting fit because they tend to be quite wealthy mm-hmm. and there tends to be a lot at stake. And when they screw things up, there's some significant consequences. Obviously in Prince's case, it took like six plus years to get through the probate process. And so, I mean, he, what year did he die? 2016. So it was Mm -hmm. only within the last year or so that I guess they finally worked all these details out, but. And like I said too, there's a lot of people coming forward saying, Hey, I'm related and therefore should take. Yeah. You know, that's, that's a huge incentive to do that. Right. Yeah. A will would preclude that issue. I mean, unless you're doing a direct challenge to the will, right? Somebody could directly challenge Prince's will for undue influence or for lack of capacity if he made one. But the will is going to say, this is who's in charge, and this is who is getting this, my, for like, you know, I'm going to be just, I'm going to be real here. This is who's getting my stuff, and how much, and what percentage or what share are they getting. Right. Uh, right. Mm-hmm. So a will would do that. A will would say, this is who's in charge, and this, and these are the individuals that are going to receive my stuff. Right. And then you're not having 40 different people come forward and saying, hey, I'm related to this person. Right. Right. You avoid that whole thing. And well, in this, it's what's interesting is, and, and I guess there's a first time for everything and I'm sure there'll be another, but Neil, we actually, you, me and Laura were working with the same client with just, we won't go into the the issues, but there were, there were factors that required all three of us to sit down and answer different questions with under different areas of law to try to help this, this woman through her situation. And one of the one of the issues that that came up was can can somebody force me to be PR to a particular estate? And no, I mean a court is going to when asked, it's going to assign a PR, but a court can't force someone to be a PR, correct? Personal representative? No, I've never seen anything like that before. That usually that why, that, why would they want one. to? What would be if somebody doesn't want the job? Anyway. Hey, let's talk about some other pop culture figures. Sadly I've got several people sort of teed up for different, I guess, lessons, but I think in every instance, drugs were involved in their ultimate demise, premature. Philip Seymour Hoffman, great actor. I think he overdosed on something, heroin. I I don't know what he, but I do believe that's what killed him. He was an Academy Academy Award-winning actor. He was worried about spoiling his kids. Mm. And so didn't want to create a trust with respect to his assets that would benefit his children because the whole trust fund baby notion, which ultimately meant that his $35 million estate was also subject to going through, you know, the whole probate process and subject to estate taxes instead of potentially avoiding taxes on some part of that. And with respect to trust, Neil, correct me if I'm wrong, you can put pretty much whatever terms you want, you know, attach whatever terms you want to it with, you know, regard to how your money is going to get ultimately distributed to the beneficiaries. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And with limited circumstances, you can, you can, they're highly customizable, you know, Mm -hmm. I mean, just, you can't put clauses in there like, my kids are going my kids are going to be able to get this money so long as they don't marry a catholic something like well, that would well, be against as long as it's policy. not like against public policy they have to be there you, you know. go exactly 
I just saw that example the other day and that actually got tossed. So uh, the, the, they're very, very customizable. You can do, you can do a lot with it. And the whole point is, it, and it looks like here with Philip Seymour Hoffman is, is structured payouts, right? Structured payouts for specific purposes. Most trusts allow you to receive money for uh, health education and maintenance and support, right? So if there's income coming into the trust, that income can be distributed out according, you know, as long as the trust says so, for mm-hmm. the purposes of paying a beneficiary's health, for the beneficiary's health, the beneficiary's education, their maintenance or their support. Now, the interesting thing comes into play here as, an, as a side note. I've talked to trust officers who manage trust. They always wonder whether or not education means paying fraternity or sorority dues. Is that included in an education distribution? You know, so there's always that make it broad, but broadness also can cause confusion as to whether something's an eligible payout. But yeah, to answer your question, these are very highly customizable. So he could have left some money for his kids and, but conditioned some, you know, conditioned it on, Hey, you need to go out there and work for a living. And um, you're not going to just sit around and, you know, Mm -hmm. live off. Yeah, gainful employment. Yep, yeah. right. Gainful mm-hmm. employment can be one of those, you know, can be one of those conditions. Absolutely. Could he have, um, could he have said you have to I'm leaving this in trust to you. And when you turn 25, you get 10 million dollars, but you have to donate. Five million of it. Is that something he could have done? I mean, I don't know why he wouldn't have just left a special. Yeah. Be- bequeathment to that particular charity, charity. that he was looking for. Like maybe we'd say the uh, American Heart Association, for example. I mean, what you're doing when you do that is you now make that American Heart Association a beneficiary of, mm-hmm. of in this case, a lot of money. So mm-hmm. now they get to be involved with that trust administration, you know, well, as a just uh, go ahead. Julie. I mean, like Bill Gates or Warren Buffett or I mean, maybe I've got the wrong uber rich people, but they actually don't have a lot of their estates directed towards their children. Yeah, I think Bill Gates is, is one of them, right? I'm pretty yeah. sure. Mm-hmm. Probably um, doesn't need to. They probably have jobs. Um, <laughs> yeah, they're probably yeah. all like co- cozied up, right? You know, you all seen that show Succession. Uh, you know, all the kids <laughs> have jobs in the company. Mm-hmm. You know, what are they going to need to be left? They got jobs, you know? I mean, it doesn't preclude them from being, I don't know what the terms of their employment are, but it doesn't preclude them from being fired if something happens to Bill Gates or, or yeah. Warren Buffett, you know? It doesn't preclude that, but I would imagine, you know, that's why. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, mean, I can appreciate it. I, yeah. you hand them, you hand them money, and you want to create a different, a different child. And I, I can. That's the kind of parent that I am. Well, yeah, I mean, yeah, and a trust yeah. avoids them immediately, which kind of brings me to the whole Whitney Houston example because oh, she had written man, a I want will. to dance with somebody. Oh boy, for <laughs> Whitney, I love Whitney. She was something um, else. She was so yeah, good. Was. But she wrote her will, I think, in her early. Her early on in her career, I mean, I'm not sure her daughter, uh, if her daughter was born, she was a, she was a, a little one. And then her estate just grew and grew and grew. Obviously, ultimately, she tragically died. And the way she had it set up was to give a percentage to her daughter uh, immediately upon her death or when she turned 21, some, you know, a pretty young age. And so because her estate was so huge by the time she did ultimately pass, that meant that her daughter immediately came into a lot of money. And I don't know what part this may or may not have played into it, but her daughter ultimately died only a few years after Whitney herself died. I don't know. 
tragic you know, circumstances and tragedy yeah double tragedy you know. and the wisdom of allowing young adults who are obviously old enough um legally speaking to you know be be an adult in the eyes of the law but not necessarily emotionally intellectually whatever equipped to suddenly have a whole bunch of money mm -hmm. um, no i i i know i that's an excellent point too because when you look back at yourself because you when you when you talk i have a lot of sympathy for clients who really want to and then this this is this is definitely along the same lines as whitney a lot of sympathy for clients who are worried about their kids getting a lot of money at a certain point in time when they're younger okay because i think about myself if i was to receive like four million dollars and i'm 25 okay i'm going crazy i'm buying a, a paddock philippe watch i'm buying i'm buying the the louis trey bottle of bourbon brandy you know what i mean i'm buying all of it you know what i'm saying if i'm getting that now <laughs> At 42, I'm the cheapest man alive. I don't even like paying for parking at hotels now, okay? You know what I mean? I don't even like paying convenience fees at 42. So I would be, I, I, I have a lot of sympathy for clients who want to do that because I remember me being that age. And I'm going to the Mercedes dealership and I'm buying the V12 AMG. Sorry about the environment. It happens. What are you going to do at yeah. 25? Now, you know, maybe a truck. It's now more, you're, you know, you're, whatever. Yeah. Now you're pre, how about a minivan, Neil? No, 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 no. You can't, you can't, you can't rock death metal in a minivan. That's not going to work. It's not gonna you work. could. I mean, I could, but could. it's not, it's not a good look. I mean, it'd have to be black and I'd have to call it the, the <laughs> like the, the coffin wagon or something, the death wagon or something like that. I don't know. I hey, don't that's know. a, that's a good lead into Heath Ledger. <laughs> oh, God. Dude. Who, who hadn't updated his will. The and, old infant and gestation issue, right? Yeah, and uh, obviously when he, he died, he had a child, but everything went to his folks and his sister. And so it's important, you know, every few years, certainly upon changes in your life circumstances that you get in and sit down with someone like you, Neil. Mm -hmm. I mean, well, the, good, the, the good news in all of this is that his parents and his sister were upstanding people and, you know, they made sure that his daughter was taken care of and all that sort of thing. But even if they... you don't, though, right, Julie, that's a really good point. Even if you don't update it, the contingencies, the, my yes, wills yes, that will be exactly. wrapped, we contemplate numerous right. contingencies. You have a lot of clients that hold it up and say, why do I need this? Why do I... Infant ingestation, that's exact. There's an infant ingestation clause, right? The My the fertile, heirs... Who remembers the fertile octogenarian rule mm -hmm. from law school? The eight-year-old who has include, a baby? Yep, my heirs include infants that are, excuse me, you know, a, a child that is gestating at the time of my death, right? So that, it, it, it includes my unborn child. It After includes born it. children. Mm -hmm. Yep. And so that that it sounds like his will did not contemplate that situation, unfortunately. Well, and for men, it's a lot more possible than, than for women. Uh, I think that is the. Biologically, men can father I, children for a lot longer than women can mother them. It's probably only a. It's it's ninety five percent of the time appropriate with men. I I was stalling out a second because I was working the math out in my head, Chrissy. That's why I was stalling. It's not because I'm anything is wrong with me. I was trying to figure out. I was trying I was to make sure. Watching you squirm. There's something no, wrong with like, all of us. It's fine. 
I was like, well, how would it work with a woman? But I could see a situation where a lady creates a trust. Oh, I don't even want to, God forbid she gets in a car accident. She's eight months pregnant and you know, then the baby has to be delivered and she passed away. That's a situation where it would work for a woman. Cause I was trying to think in my head, well, I don't know that it would matter for a woman. It's like, wait, actually it could, it could actually matter uh, right. for a woman. She could have that will. My unborn child, you know, I happen to, you know, God forbid a car accident and then my baby has to be delivered, but I don't make it, you know, boom. But that baby now isn't, it, it, it takes. Yeah. So um, there is a situation yeah. where it would work for, for I a, mean, it, a woman. It would, but if, a, if we've got a, a woman creating her, you know, a, a, a will and a trust and all of that at, at 50 or 55 or the, the yeah. likelihood is we're not going to. We're getting, yeah, the, pro the probabilities anymore. are getting, the probabilities are getting lower, but I, I did hear right. about a woman the other day in her fifties having a, a child. Well, yeah, I think there's all kinds of science. You never know what science can do. That's, I mean, it's true. And I'm not saying I, as, as a safety net, obviously included everywhere, but yeah, I mean, and I surrogate, can't surrogate fathom mothers. having a baby in my fifties. I can't fathom having a baby in my forties. I mean, whatever time you have a child, I mean, the whole point is you better set aside a million to two million dollars. That's all there is to it. <laughs> you have it. You have that figured out. Because <laughs> this is ridiculous. Man. I have to I mean, go honestly, back and look now. I have to go back and look at what I've spent on. Two hundred bucks of flag football birth. plus a convenience fee to pay the darn thing online. That's my favorite part, right? Why don't you pay you write the flag a check, football Neil, and avoid the convenience fee. That's, That's the right. point. There's only one way to pay. I can't believe it. Oh, you can't avoid the convenience fee. No, there's only one way to pay. Nothing convenient about it. Sounds to, it's a scam. <laughs> Another scam. I bet you there's going to be a class action. Watch. I I, can't, I don't have the time to get involved in that. I'm busy. Nobody has the time. <laughs> you're you're $2.50. $2 it's just the attorneys who, anyway. Yes, oh. convenience fee. Those greedy yeah. trial yeah. lawyers. So, but it is what it is, right? So <laughs> the, the Heath Ledger situation was tragic just because, I mean, out of nowhere that happened, right? Out of nowhere it happened. And then, of course, his wife. Not his, I'm sorry, they weren't married, were they? They weren't married, no. That's right. Um, that, but she was pregnant. And uh, I mean, what do you do in that situation? Like you said, I mean, thank God his, his, uh, his family did the right thing. You know, made sure that his daughter was taken care of. And, and that, that's a happy ending. But yeah. uh, a lot of times people aren't, so, uh, people aren't no. so nice. You'd think that would be the default. It's not. No, I mean, as I yeah. say, if people got along, we wouldn't have a job. You know, true. and uh, true. that's, you know. And um, I mean, look, tomorrow, so if everybody thrive on adversity, doing everything, yes. yeah, conflict is currency. Right? Or, conflict or, or is you currency. meet with someone like you to avoid a future conflict. Right. right? Avoid That's... strategically planning how to. Well, think about future. this, right? Think about this, right? We just talked about Prince. Forty some odd people wondered whether or not they were related to him. Are you kidding me? For real? How do you wonder whether you're related to Prince? I mean, it's like. Your mom like pull you aside and be all like that man right there singing Purple Rain. You're his sister. No, -uh. yeah, yeah. And and then what? Hey, yeah, my mom told me I was related to him. I just don't get the, the whole point is conflict, currency, money. Mm -hmm. You know, oh, if yes. Prince died with if Prince died with fifteen hundred bucks in the bank, you think forty people are coming forward to say I'm related to the guy? No, no. no. I mean, I'd be. No I'd love to be surprised. Yeah, I'd love to be surprised. He would have died a pauper, not a prince. Oh, dang. That's good, Julie. That's really good. <laughs> that was very well done. But, and then he would have been introduced on uh, SNL. Ladies and gentlemen, Popper. Mm -hmm. There we go. The Did anybody Pop else see the, the entire, the, the night that he died, at least in Bradenton, Florida? I don't know if either of you saw it, but the entire, it. I looked outside and it was purple outside. I'm not kidding. The entire sky was kind of overcast, rainy. I don't know what it was, but it was purple. Not like... Eerie. 
it purple. Yeah, out in my backyard, I saw it. It's the strangest thing. Mm -hmm. I want to send off. Well, yeah, what a send off for an artist. Mm -hmm. I took a picture. I think it's on social media. I took a picture of it and went, are you, huh? Yeah. Well, I'll look forward to looking that up using somebody else's password. I know, so, uh... Mr. I don't do social media. <laughs> You're um, tagged no. a lot. Law powered by women and Neil. Yeah. People don't even need to know where, people don't need to know what I'm doing. I got nothing really important to say. I mean, I think yeah. I had a, I may have had a Twitter account years ago. You, and all you actually do have a Facebook account. I found it recently. Don't do ask you, me. You're now. on MySpace, aren't you? you were. I was on MySpace at one time. Yeah, you were. Yeah, I you was were. on MySpace at one time. Everybody uh, was doing it. I wasn't. Oh. I don't, all right, I well, wasn't. let's talk about some other pop culture figures for some other. Do we have time? Let's hit on, some, let's hit on real been... quick some other lessons, real quick. So, okay. who remembers Flojo, the Olympic runner? Florence. Yeah, she was Florida. awesome. Fast. Mm she had a will good for her good planning flow the problem nobody could find it oh <gasps> so it took a long time the lesson obviously is make sure somebody has your will yeah or there's just, actually a blog know article where it is you, you don't want it in your safety that. deposit box but. no i told everybody i said i wrote a will because of, of that exact i wrote a will wrote i wrote um Thank you. Um, I did write a will too, but I wrote a blog about that. Let your beneficiaries or somebody that you trust know where this stuff is. Yeah. Because if they can't find it, the last thing you need is everybody scrambling to find out where the heck this is. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we we as a lawyers, the local bar association periodically sends out a, a blast asking if anybody knows the whereabouts of some recently deceased person's will, mm -hmm. um, you know, who may have it. Because oftentimes attorneys will hold them. Um, yeah, the, I, you? I, you know, so. it's 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 one of those things where I don't like doing it because it makes you the custodian. Well, right, right. custodian means you have to as soon as you find out that person died, you have to get that original will to the courthouse, or excuse me, to the to the clerk's office. You got ten days to do it. Yeah. So, and that's a that's a huge responsibility. Anyway, you know, and then okay, so one other, uh, two other good sorts of topics. Who everybody remembers Joan Rivers and the sort of the tragic she was a. a really into plastic surgery <laughs> and I think things went went wrong but fortunately she had the sort of corollary documents you get when you get a will a power of attorney a living will and that sort of thing and so her daughter was able to make crucial decisions quickly you know as needed um, given her sort of the, the tragedy and, and not have to go to court which obviously takes time. Mm -hmm. I mean, well, look, I mean, what can you say about a woman who had impeccable fashion taste, right? She had impeccable taste in estate planning as well, obviously. So she, she wasn't going to leave anything to chance. Right. And then the last thing that's just, I suppose, purely kind of interesting is, and this is, there's not any particular requirement, but if, if you know what you want done at your death, like, do you want a big fancy funeral or do you want to be cremated or not share that information to sort of extreme examples? Um, Mickey Rooney, Casey Kasem, who are like old guys that were around. Casey Kasem was America's top 40. Mickey Rooney was like a child actor actor. Anyway, I, I think they had multiple marriages and there was familial conflict. And so the, after they died because they hadn't left any instructions on, you know, what kind of last farewell they wanted. 
Um, there was a lot of strife and fighting and it took months or maybe even years to actually get to the point of having a funeral service. Um, on the other hand, Muhammad Ali and David Bowie had very exquisite plans in place and, you know, their celebrations of life were in accordance with their wishes. So yeah, Bowie sort of went, nobody really knew that he was sick. You know what I mean? Yeah, um, he's very I remember private. that. Yeah, he was a very private person. I kind of remember that too. Um, you know, I'm obviously a big music person and Bowie's like huge, you know what I mean? I mean, Ziggy Stardust. Right. Um, so it's like, that that was rough. And Ali, of course, larger than life. I mean, there was no way Ali wasn't going out without a bang. I mean, that's how he lived, you know? Mm -hmm. He was, you know, he was the greatest. But you actually can put that in your in your will. I do it for clients often, right? Treatment of bodily remains is what we call it. I wish there was a more elegant way of so... saying it, but we just... yeah. yeah. We just listen, like Murray and in, 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 in Clueless, we keep it real, you know, just keep it real. Treatment of bodily, bodily, bodily remains, you know, do you want to be cremated? Do you want to be buried? Do you have a plot? Where's the plot? Um, I want to specifically go here. This is where I want to go. Very, very difficult to argue with that. Right. Um, good luck doing so. Good luck doing so. You know, a lot of, you know, sometimes there's, there's, there's religious connotations for that, right? And that's where things can get heavy. For example... You may have, I think there were two children who were Jewish. It wasn't a case of mine. And the father and the daughter was insistent that the father was not Orthodox. The son was insistent that he was Orthodox. Whatever, if he didn't put down instructions. That's a very important thing for the Jewish and the Jewish faith mm -hmm. is, is if he was Orthodox, I mean, you know, there's a specific time you have to be buried. Right. And the daughter said, no, 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 no. You don't have time to play around there. You don't. You're running out of time. So, yeah. you so know, the, when... Sorry. That's important. Why you have to write that down? The bottom line, I I think the, the very fundamental takeaway is plan. Get mm -hmm. your plans in order. I mean, I know it's tough for a lot of people to contemplate dying and death, and it's not a topic that I think Americans really handle very well. But you know, you can avoid a lot of heartache, hard feelings. You know, having to pay Uncle Sam mm -hmm. unnecessarily and all that sort of thing if you. Well, just get yourself to someone like Neil's office and sit down yeah. and, and hammer out some of these details. And then, you know, as life evolves, make sure you check back in. And Right. Well, and God forbid you have young kids. How about oh, you well, be obviously. in control of where they end up? Right. Yeah. The yeah. number of new parents who don't have a will. Ah. Yeah. There's really good. I think we discussed it in the last podcast. We did. Too. There's pre-need guardian designations are extremely important. And actually, you know, I, I was talking to uh, another attorney who's a, who's a family law attorney and say she essentially agreed with me that that's where there can be kind of a breakdown in the communication with clients is who is, is it going to be your parents or my parents that are going to mm -hmm. get these kids? Right. That can actually cause some problems. Yep, I'm sure. And so discuss yeah. that before you actually get to my office is I am in no position to mediate any kind of fighting like that. I can't do it. Right. But, you know, but what you can count on is that in your role as a planner is you will anticipate all these sort of like we're paired to, paid to be paranoid and anticipate crazy things that can happen yes. and plan accordingly so that if it's if there's hard feelings between the in-laws it's it's not for them to fight over mm -hmm. anyway yeah. yeah yes that's right that's yeah. right well there's so many things fun. we could talk about no this was i yeah we we kept it on track i'm proud there's so many things we could talk about, but we'll, I mean, we'll have you on again, Neil, for yeah. sure. We know, we know where to find you. 
Well, I, I'll be my pleasure to talk about whatever you all want to talk about, you know, and if you guys want to do this, that's what she played after dark one day. I mean, we could really get into the weeds on stuff. Oh, we're back like, to that. Okay. I love the I, idea. I think it's great. That's what well, she anyway. played. A.D. That's right. A.D. After dark. Go. That's yeah. right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> In the year 2023, A.D. Okay. So thank you. That's, I think, a wrap for today. We're so glad that our colleague, Neil Lyons, could join us. It's fun. And Thanks so much for having me on, y'all. If you okay. want to learn more about Neil, you can hit us up on our website, which is lawpoweredbywomen.com. Right. And uh, obviously, we've got stuff out there in the social media universe, Instagram. Anyway, join us mm-hmm. again. Mm-hmm. Thanks, everybody. We'll talk to you in a couple of weeks. Thank you for listening to That's What She Pled podcast. Don't forget to click the follow button to be notified when new episodes become available. The information covered and posted represents the views and opinions of the guest and do not necessarily represent the views or opinions of Lurson Goldberg lawyers. The content has been made available for general informational and educational purposes only and may not constitute the most up-to-date legal or other information. The content is not intended to be a substitute for legal advice from your individual attorney, and the information provided does not and is not intended to constitute legal advice.